0: Sell in May, go away, John. It is here. So what is sell in May, go away? I'm sure by the time you hear this podcast, you've probably read and heard a lot about it. The worst six months of the year historically for stocks is from May 1st until Halloween, those six months. And it's true, John, since 1950, if you look at all the different six-month combinations, that is the worst one. Up about 1.5% on average for the S&P 500.
1: From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch.
0: And I'm Ryan Dietrich.
1: Hello, everyone. This is John Lynch, Chief Investment Strategist for LPL Financial, and welcome to this edition of LPL Market Signals Podcast. I'm on the call today with my good friend and colleague,
0: Ryan Dietrich. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, John. I'm glad to be back. I wasn't here last week, so... The chair still feels comfortable. You didn't replace me for very long, so that's good. I'm honored to be back. Excited.
1: Jeff Bookbinder did a great
0: job in your absence, but, uh, you know,
1: Bookie was in uh, New York, and I think you guys were traveling at the same time on spring break with
0: the kids. That's exactly right. We actually were in New York at the same time. We with the idea of trying to meet up it's just that's a big city last i checked he doesn't like you very
1: much so i'm sure he
0: (laughs) he was sick he couldn't believe i followed him to new york
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right good deal good deal well a lot to cover today had a gdp report come out that uh really surprised to the upside on the headline number Mm -hmm. it is late april and investors are already discussing the sell in may go away and we also have some factors that investors, we believe, should consider relative to the S&P 500 uh, recently hitting new highs. But I think first right. and foremost, Ryan, we should discuss the GDP report, right? Let's go general to specific.
0: That's right, John. So the GDP report came in Friday morning. Most people were expecting the first quarter to come in around 2.2%, 2.3%. As we've noted many times, you look back at history, recent history, the past 10, 15 years, the first quarter has been that weak ish quarter, then the economy accelerates higher The good news, John, 3.2% was what first quarter GDP came in.
1: Now, let's emphasize that's the first quarter season. First quarter number. number. Yeah, exactly. Because you always have these seasonal adjustments, seasonal anomalies, uh, weather, you know, who buys ahead of the holiday. So it's always kind of confusing, and they've not quite figured it out. But yes, 3.2% print. And the thing that astonished me when the print came out was the 10 year Treasury rallied. And I couldn't figure out. Mm -hmm why was the 10-year rallying? About five or six basis points on a 3.2% print. So, you know, clearly something was up. So, you know, the stoic and skeptic battle that continues goes on in our heads as analysts, right? And I said, something's not right. And sure enough, it looks like GDP was driven higher, A, by inventories. A little disappointment on the consumer side. Exports Uh, were strong as well. Exports were strong. And then we also, which subtract from GDP, definitely the the inflation print was significantly lower than expected. So, uh, you know, you have these arguments now, you know, is the Fed going to cut with a 3% print on GDP? we don't see the need for the fed to cut they've got plenty of other tools that they can use just job owning the markets but a little deeper
0: dive into the gdp report ryan no you're right john so when you when you do dive in i mean exports are a little stronger like you said inventory investment was a little bit stronger A little slower with the spending on the consumer and the business uh, but overall, you know, we did an interesting blog, LPLResearch.com, that took a dive into the GDP report, and then this week's weekly market commentary, as well, also took a deeper dive. And we'll have a in the show notes a chart that we're going to use on GDP as well that you can take a look at. But the bottom line, John, I guess, is. Most people said there's a slowdown going on. It felt like that with a lot of the economic data the first half of the right, first quarter. Right. Then we have a 3.2 percent GDP. Unbelievable! This is the most um, wonderful slowdown I think we've seen in a it'll long dri- time. Is it not? It'll drive you to drink because it's just <laughs> unbelievable
1: the uh, the back and forth that we see in the data. And really, just break it down to economics 101. Right? Mm-hmm. GDP equals C plus I plus G plus X. You know, right. the consumer not as strong as as expected. Uh, business investment was relatively disappointing. Although last week we saw a very good durable goods number, and That's the proxy right. for business investment in that report, Orders for Non Defense Capital Goods X Transport, uh, actually had a very good print. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the transition from first to second quarter, even though the headline was great, what we like to look at. Again, on the C plus I plus G plus X, both the C and the I, consumption and investment were a little disappointing. Government spending was okay, I guess, and net exports or exports were strong. Net exports weren't as good. So when you look at real final sales, which is really GDP less uh, the inventory component, I guess we're up maybe 1.3, 1.4 percent. So kind of consistent with the numbers we're all looking at up to about three weeks ago.
0: Right. And you know, you mentioned some data that we saw already. What do we have last week in retail sales? Up 1.6%. So the consumer, according to that one particular not number- Not dead yet. Yeah, did quite well. So again, I, I definitely think it's two steps forward, one step back when you take a look at all the data. As we talked about in multiple podcasts, I know last week you and Jeff discussed it, also two weeks ago you and I discussed it, a lot of the leading economic indicators- are turning higher. And that's usually a sign of an improvement over the time. You know, the LEI, Leading Economic Index, that's a component of the 10 things the government puts together that, again, is more forward-looking, made a new all-time high last month. We have found that that tends to go negative year over year, about eight months ahead of a recession, the last seven times. John, it's up over 3% year over year right now. That's just one number, but it's a pretty good one. And it, it really does justify the fact that we didn't think there was going to be a recession this year. We didn't think there was going to be a government uh, a slowdown. We didn't think there would be a cut in interest rates. Now this GDP number is kind of confirming some of the things we've been talking about for the past month.
1: Yeah, real, real, hard, real hard to have recession when... You have sub four percent employment, unemployment, right? right? You have wages north of three percent. You have record profits. A Fed that appears to be on the sidelines. So I, right. I and and you know that profit component is really important also because it's a good lead indicator for not only hiring but a, a lead indicator for capital investment. And as we've discussed many many times, you know the degree we get clarity on trade, not not a solution but a path toward progress, that opens the spigots yet again for capital investment mm-hmm. and that in inha- Uh, You know, entails improved productivity resulting from that. And then we transition from improved productivity to uh, an elongated expansion. So all those things are, are coming together pretty nicely, even though, you know, when we tear apart the GDP report from the headline number, not as good as expected some of the firming data on retail sales and employment and jobless claims, all indicative of an economy that's just chugging along. And again, you know, there's there's a lot of speculation out there that the Fed needs to cut. We don't see that. They can adjust the balance sheet. They can job-own the markets. There's, the, you know, do a variety of messaging tools with all the speeches that governors and fed policymakers make and we you think you watch those on c-span right uh, or, but you're you love your 24 7 24 7
0: that's right yeah you know you mentioned initial claims just real quickly so we had two straight weeks of claims under 200,000. Mm-hmm. you have to go back 50 years the so last time we saw that 1969 also considering there's twice as many people that are employed in the united states as there were 50 years ago that's uh, that even makes it all that more more impressive, I think, with the claims number. Now we had a decent sized in claims last week, yeah, but that's also Good Friday up about and about thirty grand. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Good Friday maybe played some numbers, so we'll have to see what happened uh, next week or this week, yeah, I guess if, I should say. If, if that we have to drops
1: cave, back. if we have to cave in because claims were two hundred and thirty yeah, thousand. dollars As opposed to you know, I mean that was a number we'd pray for for years, mm. right? Never exactly. even got a whiff of it. So, yeah, so I think that's perspective. So, bottom line on the economy, mm-hmm. things are good, not great, but still chugging along at a, at a pretty healthy rate that we believe, again, is consistent with a, an economy that can avoid recession mm-hmm. and doesn't necessitate uh, activity on the
0: downside from the Fed. No, exactly. So, John, next thing, it is. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? Late April, late April, going late into May. Late April. So. This week, how are your allergies? And, you know what? It, they're great. I mean, good. I've had when I moved down to down here in Charlotte three years ago, they were really bad. As I've gotten older, I turned forty, so I'm getting I'm getting a little older. I take the little the nose squirts in my nose, and I, they just weren't working. My allergies TMI. were horrible. No, but this is good. This is good. And then my doctor gave me a new one to use about two months ago, and I had a horrible cough because this stuff we do. You go on TV, you present. I was like, oh my god, I can't have a coughing attack on TV. That be that wouldn't right. be. You might laugh at me, but it wouldn't be good. Like Aqualong, exactly. But this dude, this dude, two squirts in my nostril each time. I'm really doing well because allergy season's been terrible. We've got a coat of yellow all over Charlotte with the uh, pollen. I'm doing pretty good on the allergy season though. Okay, everybody so, on the treadmill right now, everybody driving, has a picture of you with that's a novage right, right. in their minds. So, <laughs> let's get back on task, right? <laughs> what do we say? People actually try to listen to us sometimes actually learn something about the markets. Maybe learn a little bit about us, and you just did there with my allergies, which are gone. But, sell in May, go away, John. Absolutely. It is here. So, what is sell in May, go away? I'm sure by the time you hear this podcast, you've probably read and heard a lot about it. The worst six months of the year historically for stocks is from May 1st until Halloween. Those six months. And it's true, John, since 1950, if you look at all the different six-month combinations, that is the worst one, up about 1.5% on average for the S&P 500.
1: So repeat that. Mm-hmm. May through October, the average six-month return is 1.5%. So high, it is a gain, it's t- <laughs> and all right. the headlines
0: fail to mention that. Exactly. So there is still a gain. But again, out of all the potential six month combinations, there's 12 of them. Look at all 12 six month combinations. It is the lowest. And it's up about 64% of the time. Again, one of the lowest out of all combos, but still positive. But here's kind of where things get a little, I think, unique and interesting. When I, you look at the what recently has happened. Six of the last seven years, stocks have actually gained during this worst six month period. I think about last year. You know, we had a lot of selling may go away and we actually kind of said we didn't think it might happen as much stocks were up in may june july august and september now o- october happened we had a really big drop yeah, that so that made
1: it come up in that spring.
0: made it happen in a hurry but the bottom line and we're going to talk more about selling may go away next week when i kind of dive in some more the bottom line is going to be all over the news and with the s p up 25 percent from the lows as we've been talking about before even looking at selling may go away a correction could happen. The average correction, John, then I'll turn over to you a little bit with your thoughts on Salome go away. The average correction, peak the trough in the S&P 500 since 1950, during these worst six months of the year, is 11%. Right. Could we have an 11% correction in the next six month, months, and would that be normal, you think, and ab- maybe even ab- healthy?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, particularly after what we experienced in the first quarter. When mm-hmm. you see this rapid sprint that we've experienced, you know, we did some work you know, a month ago, basically saying after a 10% gain in the first quarter, I guess there were 10 experiences where the first quarter was that strong since 1950. And nine of those times, uh, the market finished the year up uh, an additional 600 basis points. But that was with a 9% hit. You know, you have to be prepared for that. A lot of that had to do with our reason for going to market weight Mm -hmm. in equities uh, after the Fed meeting three or four weeks ago. But nonetheless, we still see a good opportunity. And it just it you know, we're, we're always talking about time in the market
0: as opposed to timing the market. No, you're right. You know, building on kind of if things are doing well, what's it mean? One other stat that I have here on sell and may go away. Now, take note, by the time we're recording this, we don't know exactly what the year-to-date number will be as of the end of April. So compliance, sure don't, we do. don't yell Sure me. we do. If, John, we're up 15% for the year, which we are as of the time we're recording this, there have been, going into sell and may go away, up 15%. Four other years that happened: 1967, 75, 83, and 87. So it's pretty rare to be up this much, coming into the worst six months of the year. North of 15% for the year through the first four months of the year. Exactly. Now here's what matters: the return during the worst six months really isn't too solid. 1967 flat. 1975 up two percent. 83 down 1%, 87 was obviously down 13%. So when you have a good start to a year, these worst six months maybe could be a little more troublesome. But just um, something to be aware of. So yeah, the market it's a very small off. sample size, but it takes off by a lot, like the thing you just said, up 10% the first uh, quarter. Maybe some consolidation makes perfect sense here as the economy continues to improve under the surface.
1: So you sprint too fast, and then the market sucks wins for a little bit. Oh, right? my
0: goodness. If I sprint too fast, yeah, I need to take a, t- a long, long break. Nice yeah. long break. Yeah. Take, take a break. Maybe you get a milkshake, take a nice break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe mm-hmm. some nasal spray yeah. again. <laughs> I only do your... that only in the morning. Only okay. in the morning. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but thinking about
1: that, you know, with, with, that potential for, you know, the market to suck wind over the next few months because of the sprint mm-hmm. or looking at the previous data point we talked about just after the first quarter, still see an additional six hundred basis point gain, but including during that period you have to take it on the chin for right. nine hundred basis points before you make back what you had And then the additional 600 basis points Mm -hmm. so so when you when you put all that together it really speaks to the importance of again time in the market as opposed to timing the market you get that sort of we'll call it traditional five to ten percent pullback a correction is defined as ten percent i don't even know if the fundamentals could suggest that now a tweet could get us there a you know scary Mm. headline when the market you know we're basically hovering around overbought conditions now on yep. the relative 14-day RSI, right, relative strength index. So it wouldn't surprise us for anything near term. But we do want to emphasize, looking at the fundamentals as we see them, any 5 to 10% type pullback you know, that would definitely necessitate a meeting of the Investment Management Committee at LPL Research, right? And we would certainly be looking into an opportunity to redeploy cash from other other assets to get back into equities at that
0: point. That's right. So, John, maybe let's go to our third and final subject on the day. I think we have a new word of the day. Would you like to explain to us what that new word of the day is?
1: Oh, oh. You remember, were, you're yeah, looking yeah, at me yeah, like on, I'm just making on, on this up. top the way John, over we re- here. We rehearsed this. Come I didn't on, know what you are talking about. <laughs> you looked at me like I was making it <laughs> up. On the way up. over here, we were talking <laughs> about fear of heights yes. and the market at new heights,
0: and I threw down acrophobia. He said acrophobia. I looked it up. He was right. Acrophobia is indeed the fear of heights. So before we get to the fear of heights, Mark Ryan doesn't want to play
1: me in Scrabble.
0: No, no, not at all. I, I, yeah, not at all. <laughs> but, John, as we mentioned, I was in New York uh, for spring break recently with my son, Sebastian. I've got three children. He's the middle one. And we go to the top of the Empire State Building. And it, first off, for anyone listening, is really cool experience. But you just don't walk in that place and go up an elevator. It took oh, about it's, an, it's hour an hour to get you know, to the top. Know. Mike, we're tired. A long day in New York. So we enjoyed it. But everyone's like, come on, Dad. When are we going to get there? So everyone's kind of looking at me like it's my fault. I'm like, I don't know, guys. But anyway, we get to the top. Sebastian, who's eight, uh, good athlete, nice kid, good kid, everything about him, he was petrified up there. He wouldn't look. He was, like, holding on to me. I had no idea. So apparently, and this is new. This is a new phenomenon, that he apparently is um, scared of heights. How about that? So this
1: is Bashy. This is the the next Cristiano Ronaldo, right, in soccer. (laughs) And uh, because he's the middle child and all the unloved and unwanted, uh, no attention (laughs) to him, this is what you've done to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I guess – that's the joy of being a parent, right? That's so I mean, You get to right, screw right. your kids up one That's way or another. Right. If the worst thing that my son has is a fear of heights, I think I did okay. But it, it was – I hate to say this, and I guess we are recording. We're recording, right? I'm looking at Terrence next to me. He's We were yep, recording yep. this. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I, I I hate to say that. It was kind of funny. He's scared of so being me, kind of jovial, making jokes. But then I realized he wasn't kidding. He really was scared. Yeah. So, John, maybe let's get again, back back on task. Well,
1: parenting's all about crushing the spirit of your children, right? Right. <laughs>
0: sometimes it is mm-hmm. should investors be scared like sebastian was at the top of the empire state building with the s&p finally after over six months making new highs uh, no last week?
1: need for acrophobia on the part of investors because we did some analysis this week or mm-hmm. this past week and basically looked at any time the s&p would go six months between making highs Yeah. anytime we'd go six months but you know we kind of you know, everyone was really excited last week when the mm-hmm. S&P hit a, hit a new high, but it took us six months to get there. Now, historically, that period of marination for the market actually has been very positive, right, with forward returns 12 months mm-hmm. out in the, what, 12 or 13% range. So the fear of heights or the fear, you know, we never want people to invest on FOMO, right, fear of missing out, exactly. but we do want investors to think about, okay, You've got a sound economy, a sound market, discounting record profits near near lows in interest rates, not at lows, but near lows in interest rates, that enhances the present and future value of that mm-hmm. stream. Looking at just this analysis over the, the over the various time periods, we found that forward returns were about 12%, 13%. So uh, definitely a, a good opportunity for investors.
0: Yeah, you. I like that word, marinate. It reminded me, my, my good friend Jason listens to this, so I'm giving a little shout out for Hello, for, Jason. Yes, he, he cooks some wild turkey for Easter. And we didn't go up home for Easter, but he cooked it. Was he it. drinking
1: wild turkey while he was cooking <laughs> wild turkey?
0: No comment. But um, you had to get up at 6 in the morning to do it, so maybe, maybe. But nonetheless, you marinate something long enough, and it tastes better, right? That wild turkey tastes good because you marinated it. So you mentioned six months without a new high, or over at least six months. When we looked, John, since 1950— that happened 17 times a year after that first new high. The S&P was higher, 16 out of those 17, up about 12%. Now, so it was 16 of the 17 times. That's really Higher a year later. You better mind. believe it, a year later. So, And again, we did write about this on our blog, lplresearch.com. But well, I guess probably the day after the new highs happened last week. But nonetheless, you can have some volatility and some corrections near term, like we said. But, you know, it's as simple as if you go a while without making new highs when you finally can get there. You probably shouldn't be so scared if you're like at the top of the Eiffel Tower I'm sorry, Eiffel Tower. I Eiffel, say Tower. Eiffel Tower. I get I'm in the well, wrong. Well, maybe you can take the Empire. the kids there sometime. They'll be scared of that too. That's mm-hmm. oh, a long plane ride. I don't know if I can deal with them that long, but That's right. right. <laughs> they will take two different Light planes. your shoe on fire just <laughs> so you can get <laughs> off the plane, right? Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> We've been all over the place today, John. You can tell we're having fun today. But no, I mean, the bottom line, again, we've got lots of data that show it. When you go a while without a new high, there can definitely be some pretty good returns going forward. So don't necessarily be scared if the underlying fundamentals continue to support the bull market.
1: Absolutely. And that's just it, because I I think that's a good way to wrap, because you think about profits. First quarter earnings were initially projected to be down 4%. Right. Now it looks like we're tracking down 2%. And before all said and done, I would characterize a flat earnings year over year as a victory, given all the chaos surrounding mm. the December sell-off. So it's it's conceivable. We're, we're maintaining our 6% earnings growth for the year. And uh, consequently, we believe the S&P could be fairly valued by year end at 3,000. And I know we're really close to that number now, but we're still prepared for some sort of 5 to 10% correction, where we can put more cash back to work or take investors with an opportunity to, to rebalance all asset classes toward targeted allocation so they can achieve their long-term goals. So final thoughts, Ryan?
0: No, well, Final thoughts, everyone. we made it. All-time highs uh, back in the S&P 500. It's been an interesting ride, a 19.8% correction from September 20th until Christmas Eve. But what a round-trip ride it's been. Had a lot of fun doing the podcast with you, John, that whole time talking about what was going Absolutely. on. Sometimes I say things I don't know if I believed it, but hey. We made it back to new highs and we will continue to try to guide our listeners and our investors the best that we can. So thank you everyone for your partnership and continue listening to the LPL Market Signals podcast. We yeah. really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. That's no victory lap. We're, we're pleased to deliver research to you and insights to you. And just when focusing on GDP, the whole sell in May uh, phenomenon. Market signals. We focus market, on new market, highs, market It's all about market signals. Exactly. So when copper's outperforming gold, financials are outperforming gold, cyclicals are outperforming defensive, maybe there's something to this. So thank you all, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we'll continue to analyze and discuss market signals. Stay connected by following us on Twitter at LPL or at LPL Research. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. LPL Market Signals is presented and produced by LPL Financial. I'm John Lynch.
0: And I'm Ryan Dietrich. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principle. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPO Financial, LLC securities and advisory services offered through lpl financial a registered investment advisor member finra and sipc to the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor Please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC-NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.